0: Tax tax, which is always exciting. GST That's a
1: great idea. And a more efficient yeah. tax. Due
0: diligence now. Hello, everyone, and welcome. You're listening to Tax Wrap, episode 22. Now, this week is a week for new beginnings, I guess you could say. Uh, we're joined by a new member of the tax technical team, Lisa Gray. Thanks for joining us, Lisa. Thank you, Nathan. And we're also joined by Andy, Letty, and of course myself, Nathan Hewitt. Now, this week we're going to be Talking a little bit about uh, the budget and what we know so far and what we think about what we know so far, um, budget talk is sort of ramping up, uh, leading up into budget time, which is of course next month. Now, federal government has sort of said that this will be a boring run of the mill budget uh, nothing to see here affair fair generally. And I guess that's somewhat expected given that um, you know this could be the government that's on the way out in the next 18 months. But there are still some things that have sort of um, piqued our interest, I guess you could say. And we're going to start with the tax cut for small companies. Now, Andy, have you got a bit of a a preamble that you can help us out with? Yeah, that's right. Um, Now, the Prime
2: Minister, um, about a few months ago, did make mention of this. Um, Firstly, there was talk um, about 12 months ago about cutting the... Tax rate for small business, and that was to be cut um, from thirty percent to twenty eight and a half percent for those uh, who are in uh, who are running small businesses. Now, we don't ex- exactly know what the definition of a small business is, but my guess is is it would be the definition of a small business entity, which is found in the Tax Act, and that's essentially, in very very broad terms, a business or an entity that has t- aggregated turnover of. Uh, two million dollars or less so, okay. so that's what we're uh, looking at. Um, there are, it does pose a number of issues having a two-tiered um, set of uh, company tax rates um, so, and it does raise the question for example as to whether this is a simpler tax
0: system. Okay so uh, Lisa and Letty, this is kind of a big question. Um, in terms of like the, the tax office building confidence regime as well um, the mantra seems to be a fairer, simpler tax system. So do you think we are heading away from that, or do you think that that's something that's well, too
1: early, early to tell, maybe? Well, having a two-tier company tax system whereby your big companies pay 30% and your small companies, however, it's defined, pay 28.5%, mm-hmm. you can see how that can go at odds with the government's mantra of simpler, fairer taxes and red tape reduction. Because red tape reduction is another big thing on the agenda of this government in this current term. Uh, but they can mitigate it, as Andy alluded to, we don't yet know exactly how they define small business or small company, Okay. but there is that regime that's in the tax law right now whereby businesses that qualify as small businesses do actually have access to a whole range of tax concessions, for example, depreciation concessions and just other things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now these concessions extend to entities other than companies, but if they were to put this company tax cut, companies which qualify for these other exemptions would also qualify for this tax cut, then while why wouldn't make that regime
3: any simpler, at least it may not make it any harder. Mm-hmm. Now, Lisa, what do you think? Yeah, I agree, Lady, exactly. Um, the big thing that concerns me with um, this cut is it's only um, businesses that are run through companies sure. that get the opportunity to um, get a benefit of this one and a half percent. where we know that um, many businesses are run through trusts or sole um, traders and things like Absolutely. that as well. So it'll be interesting. I mean, the idea is to give some relief to small businesses, but it only yes. seems to be small businesses run through companies. Have,
1: having said that, the Prime Minister has alluded to the fact that there will be other small business tax concessions or at least red tape reduction that will be the budget. We don't know the details of those, but Lisa, I think you and I will have to just look forward to that Tuesday night in May and see what these uh, tax cuts or or tax concessions or even
3: administrative uh, red tape reductions may be. Exactly, and we're looking forward to yeah. it indeed uh, to make sure that it's that's, that's fairer for everyone and, if, and everyone can get some sort of benefit yes. from it that's yes. intended now You can sort
1: of see some practical issues arising from this uh, whereby a, a small company that may be just on the edge of whatever thresholds are chosen, mm-hmm. if they then if their income then crosses over into what they call the big businesses and they just start paying 30%, well, administratively, you can see how it's going to be hard for them to... Sort of ad- administered that change, mm-hmm. which may be part way during a year. So, part way during a the year, they go from twenty eight point five percent to thirty percent, or vice versa. And could and thinking more broadly on an economic basis, could then also make some companies that are on that edge think maybe it's not worth growing our business just that little bit extra because if we grow just that little bit extra that all our profits will be taxed at thirty percent instead of twenty eight point five percent right now. So that's 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 what the that's what the economists and business experts should. Discuss.
0: Yeah, so we'll leave that for them, I guess. So looking to the next point, um, no changes to taxation in super in the super sphere. That's what we're looking at. So is this appropriate? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Is it about right?
2: Yeah, I, I had a chat today to our uh, resident uh, uh, super expert, Reece, today, and we, we had a discussion about this. And what the government did uh, just um, prior to the last election uh, was to say that there will be no changes to super. Now the government maintains that. However, uh, we do know that uh, there have been some super changes or some potential super changes that have been spoken about in the recent rethink discussion paper. So I suspect what will happen is that there'll be a whole bunch of uh, discussion around change, possible changes to super, and when we'll start to see some of those uh, items strip feed through to the the white paper, and then the government will take that to the next election. So in the uh, uh, medi- uh, medium term. We won't see any changes to super, but expect to see some proposals come out um, to the next election for the uh, electorate to, to to dwell on.
0: Okay. And, and we're not looking uh, at this as kind of inaction, are we? Uh, I'm sure some people are looking at it that way. Some people who would prefer changes to the superannuation system be considered, if not implemented. Yeah, I think it's just part of
2: the reform process. Um, one of the things that um, we've observed is that, uh, you know, there's been quite a few super changes, particularly... In the last couple of years, um, and you know when super becomes really fluid and dynamic in that uh, sense, it doesn't provide a lot of certainty for uh, uh, for those who have super funds um, mm. and for the community at large. So I think this is not necessarily a bad thing. It's a time just to take a pause to rethink about you know where things are headed with respect to super, because it is ultimately uh, you know, looking at means to to save for our retirement. And there are a lot of questions, particularly with an ageing population, and how do we go about addressing that? Mm-hmm. And that's definitely come out of the, the intergenerational report. So, mm-hmm. so they're the things that we need to uh, take a pause, reset, and then look forward. And I, I think we'll start to see a lot of proposals come out of that white paper.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Now, this next point, uh, the Google tax, was something that I, I myself have reported on just a little bit. Um, it's causing a bit of contention, um, something that hockey's been quite vocal about over the last couple of weeks. Now, Letty, what exactly does a Google tax mean for us?
1: Well, basically, I'll just quickly explain to our listeners. Um, the UK has recently implemented what they call Diverted profits Tax, and the nickname for it is a Google tax. <laughs> uh, and actually, this comes on the back of the worldwide focus on... Uh, multinationals, so-called avoiding tax, uh, and profit shifting and so forth, Uh, most of our listeners would have seen things on the news or read things in the papers. You don't need to be an avid tax follower to to be aware of these things. Uh, uh, Everyone knows that Google, Apple, Microsoft were put in front of the um, Senate Inquiry Committee a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's been a lot of talk about this Google tax or diverted profits. Tax. So in the UK, what they did was they, their company tax rate is 20%. Uh, and what they, they've they done is to implement a law that says that if you're shifting your income offshore, then we're going to impose a flat tax of 25% of that income. So it's basically punitive. Now, that's to simplify things a lot because there's a lot of intricacies with you know, double tax treaties and, um, and also profits from taxes source and all sorts of things like that Mm -hmm. but there's been a lot uh, as you're saying there's been a lot of talk in Australia about implementing something like that now what that is is, it's quite frankly uh, my personal view is that in the budget there will be talk of some measures to combat Uh, international tax avoidance to combat international profit shifting, but I think that they will stop short of actually announcing a specific measure such as the Google Tax. And a lot of the reason for that is because we have double tax treaties in place, which basically allocates taxing rights to profits and income to uh, Australia or to the other country. And double tax treaties take priority over uh, Australian domestic law, where where the uh, tax outcomes are not aligned, and and the labor government had actually previously looked at implementing something like this, and they found that to do this would basically go against a lot of our treaties. And also, as a lot of our listeners will be aware, the OECD and just other countries in general, you know, through the G Twenty, through a lot of talk fest, through the media, <laughs> through a whole lot of uh, a lot of ways, have been talking about um, how to stop all this uh, profit shifting and and. And tax being taken away from the high so-called high taxing countries and by the very nature of this problem it actually really requires multilateral action it requires countries to band together address these issues together mm-hmm. and to some extent OECD and other organizations uh, to issue directives or guidance or to set a basic platform for these sorts of things it's not something where Australia can just say oh look we're just going to tax you in this particular way and expect there to be no outcry from other countries, or expect there to be no um, no other consequences whatsoever. So, in short, I would say that there there may be the budget may contain a bit of tweaking around our international tax rules, mm-hmm. um, tightening a few loose screws here and there, um, and a lot of rhetoric. <laughs> there mm-hmm. will be a lot of rhetoric um, about combating multinational tax avoidance, but I think that will stop short of doing something actually having a specific Google tax in, in this
3: budget. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Letty, because I think it's very much like there's been a lot of talk about superannuation, yes. but it's sort of status quo. Mm. Um, a lot of other work needs to be done behind the scenes. Exactly, and it's it's one of these things, our tax system is complex enough as it is that if we add some band-aids on it, it'll just make it more complex. Yep. Yep. Um, so it's going to be, yes, we're going to address it, but we're going to address it with this this G20 or the OECD yep. guidelines and things like that, where I think there's been a lot of... Um, Discussion about the Google tax in the UK being a bit of a Mm band-aid and is that the right way of going because you know They've basically signed on to look at transfer pricing in general Um, And in the Senate um, committee that the Googles and the apples went in front of you know, they did explain it and they you know they're loopholes in the law. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is basically you're looking at saying, well, there's big marketing operations happening in Singapore, and they call it the Singapore Sling. Of course, there's always great names for these, <laughs> for these sort of things. They try and make you know tax seem as fun as they can. Sure. A bit like IT where they yeah. call it a cloud and it's just a computer sitting <laughs> in a room somewhere. The, double Irish sandwich. So you eat oh, a exactly. double Irish
1: sandwich for lunch and have a Singapore sling Sing- after
3: that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So they're basically saying there's yes. marketing activities that happen in Singapore. Yep. And yes. Singapore already have a lower tax tax rate than Australia, but what the Singapore um, government allows through the Singapore revenue is, you can then negotiate your tax rate lower. So that's okay. what they've done as well. So it's sort of like, th- so basically what's happening is there's Australian revenues that's getting taxed in Singapore at lower rates, so mm-hmm. we're not getting a cut of our sandwich, so to speak, sure. Lady. So, um, so, and that's we what have it's a al- sandwich as well. <laughs> exactly. So that's what it's all yes. about. But I think, I think Letty's absolutely right. I think there'll be a lot of talk, but we might just go a little bit short to, um, yes, to basically deal with it um, but I think there are things that we can do regarding this especially regarding maybe GST
0: okay which brings me on to my a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart yes. um, a couple of days ago actually I, I, I reluctantly accepted uh, a Netflix subscription. <laughs> I thought I wasn't going to do it for a while and I thought no, no, no I'll do what everyone else is doing I and I paid. You, you accepted, didn't this
3: you pay for it? Well, yeah, I did pay for it first so well, <laughs> month free <laughs> It was the first month for free But you had to cough up your
0: yes. credit card, didn't well, you? Well, yeah. yeah I am working so, for House of Cards right now <laughs> House of Cards is fantastic We should stop plugging <laughs> <laughs> Free advertisement um, So I paid or I will rather pay my twelve ninety nine a month which is a monthly subscription yes. that you pay but um, as I found out Through working with tax specialists, that this actually is not inclusive of GST. So, there's no GST charged on the subscription rate that you pay for Netflix. And as I understand it, that's because uh, Netflix is an overseas company and they haven't registered for GST in Australia. And of course, the the Netflix in Australia is a relatively new thing. It launched about a month ago or um, just over a month ago. So, why are we not paying GST? On Netflix subscriptions? So
1: very broadly, it's not so much because the company itself is not an Australian company, it's more that it doesn't have what they call a connection with Australia. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot of GST laws around when uh, GST is paid, especially when it's a cross-border international transactions, but what has basically happened was the GST came in um, at a time where what, what, what the media is calling intangibles, so things like media, um, things you know, TV shows coming from other countries. Mm-hmm. It wasn't such a big thing in our everyday lives, and so the the GST law, while it doesn't specifically exclude these things, it does. It, it was written without having contemplated these things specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, whether or not you want to call it loophole, whether or not you just want to call it um, the way that the law is written and structured, it doesn't quite cover off on these sorts of services. Mm-hmm. The, the practical outcome is that when an overseas entity uh, allows you will, will receive your money and you can stream the TV shows and movies from an overseas source uh, that overseas entity basically isn't subject to our GST rules
2: yeah so ultimately it's a question of fairness because mm-hmm. there are you know for example if you subscribe to Voxel, for example you know you've got to pay the GST on your subscription but Whereas it comes to a Netflix uh, subscription, all of a sudden that's that sits outside the GST net. So, it is in that sense um, something that you know you lose that uh, like a fairness or like equity um, to put it in one way. And so, you know, should the government therefore look at you know a Netflix subscription and say, okay, we've got to alter the law in a particular way so that when you know you view that Game of Thrones on on your little screen where like you should be paying GST. Mm-hmm.
0: So is that something that we're going to see um, anytime soon? I mean, it's probably not well, going to happen by budget time. Or, or well,
1: may it- from what I've been reading the media anyway, it will be announced in the budget. Look, oh, well. obviously it's not going to start that day. Yeah, so yeah. I think when you and I pay our next month's subscription to Netflix, we're probably going to not be paying $8.99 plus 10%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they probably will announce something. Well, whether or I- not they have um, exact details. Who knows? But my guess is that there will announce something along those lines. And Joe Hockey has been very careful to confirm that this is an integrity measure. In other words, it's really more just to cover up loopholes that within the existing law, or loopholes may even be too harsh of a term, like I was saying before, it's just the fact that the law was written in a way that didn't contemplate these sorts of intangible yep. services. Um, but it's not actually broadening the GST base. Now, what that basically means is, uh, as our listeners will know, a lot of things are excluded, straight up excluded um, from GST, like fresh fruit or yeah. whatever else. Um, to broaden the base, um, that's, been, that's been the subject of a lot of debate in recent times, and we will not go into that now, but to broaden the base would obviously bring more GST revenue, but it would also uh, require a lot of political agreement mm. as, to, as to what should and should not be included. And so Joe Hockey's been very, very careful to say that this is not extending the GST to extra things. All it is doing is making sure that the law clarifies that something like Netflix and its parallels gets brought into, it makes it clear that that those things are subject to GST.
0: Okay, in my very limited understanding, um, I've just got to, I'm sort of curious. Um, Is there any possible backlash that could happen with um, the Australian government saying to Netflix, hang on, we've changed the law, now you have to um, claim and collect GST on the services that you provide to Australians. Is there any is, possible sort of...
1: My understanding is that Netflix has been on record as saying that, they, that they'll they be happy to comply with Australian law.
0: Okay. <laughs> so they're making enough money from it, obviously. They wouldn't really, you know? Look, at
1: the end of the day, we, we all know how commerce works, the cost of probably to pass to consumers. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, one thing that our listeners need to be aware well, of how the GST law works is that the impost is actually on the supplier. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if it's GST free now, let's just say the description is $10, just to make numbers nice and simple, $10 a month. Um, technically speaking, if if they impose GST on it, it means that Netflix has to pay one eleventh of whatever they charge. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're forced to charge you an extra 10%. Yeah. So they can keep it $10 a month, it's just that they have to give one eleven of that to the government. Or they can charge you $11 a month, and they still get their original ten dollars, which would
0: be the most likely. Which is, yeah. So, yeah,
1: yes. So, uh, so, so if they obviously, um, there'll probably be administrative costs to them as well. Whether or not they bundle that into our new subscription prices, that's mm. really up to them.
3: But I think they're compelled to um, comply with Australian law, and even Absolutely. even the CEO was on the front cover of the. Cans, as we call it now, for the CA <laughs> magazine, the, yes. acuity, the acuity magazine, yes. was blasted on the front cover of that. So I think, Plungy. I think he's basically by doing that, the brand has to maintain the right um, affinity with mm-hmm. the Australian public and the Australian tax system.
0: Well, that's that's good to hear. It's good that they're on sort of the right foot. They're starting from a good yeah. place with it, and it's also good that the reform's yeah. happening relatively quickly. Yeah. That and they're... don't
1: forget that Netflix, they they, they might be the headline or flagship for this. Form. but there's going to be other players yep. and it's not going to be just the ones which we're, where we're downloading the most famous TV shows and movies <laughs> it could apply to other things I mm-hmm. don't know, I don't play computer games but probably along those lines and there'll be yeah, absolutely um, niche type of uh, videos, TV shows special interests in anything really where the source is overseas
0: and I suppose you want to get it done and, and do it right mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, music could be a big thing especially going for the next couple of years but the, the advent yeah. of streaming Technology yeah. pretty much means that you should account yeah. so for now. on
1: capture a whole lot of uh, small players overseas that we've never even heard of. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And
2: that's one of the things, Nathan, you know, sort of technology moves so fast. Sometimes the tax just stays behind there. So, mm. you know, sometimes the tax needs to move as
0: quickly as the technology moves. And it seems to have, in this case, it seems to be moving quite quickly, which is which is great. I think it's good to see. Cool. That pretty much wraps up uh, episode 22. Um, to all our listeners out there, you're currently looking at our, our sort of new... New and improved uh, tax wrap team. So we'll be rolling with uh, Andy, Letty, Lisa, and I for pretty much the foreseeable future. And I'm looking forward to it looking for forward one. forward to it. Should be great. Cool. Thanks for joining us.